This is a legacy episode of the Lesbian Historic Motif podcast, originally released as part of the Lesbian Talk Show podcast group. Some references may be obsolete. The show looks at lesbian-relevant themes in history and literature, has interviews and discussions about current historical fiction with queer female characters, including fantastic versions of the past, and presents new original historical fiction for your enjoyment. For today's book appreciation show, the Lesbian Historic Motif podcast is delighted to welcome Darlene Vendenya to talk about some of her favorite historically based fiction featuring queer female characters. Darlene is a voracious reader and energetic booster of lesbian fiction, and I'm glad to have this opportunity to have her on the show. This is an unusual recording session because we're actually sitting here in Darlene's lovely little house in Oakland to record. I first met Darlene at a reading at Laurel Bookstore right after my first book came out, and well, let's let her talk about it. Yeah, we, we first met at Laurel Bookstore, but we almost met when you were going to do your launch party. Well, you did your launch party at the late, great Other Change of Hobbit yeah. in, in, where was it, in Richmond or Berkeley? That's El Cerrito then. El Cerrito. Oh, God, yeah, it moved yeah. to El Cerrito, yeah. But I got the time wrong, which is not unusual for me, <laughs> and, and we got there, I think, too early for it, and we couldn't wait around. Yeah, and I showed up for the reading, and, and <laughs> Tom Whitmore said... Was it Tom? No, I don't think Tom was there. It was Dave. Dave. Dave said, uh, it's like, there were these people here earlier that, that you came for your reading. And and, and I'm thinking, who? <laughs> who is this? Who even knew about it? Well, and I knew about it because uh, Karen Kelmaker, who's with Bella, is a good friend of mine. And she said, hey, you know, this new book came out, and I think it's up your alley. And my, my daughter loves this author. She wrote a lot of stuff. She wrote short stories for Marion Zimmer Bradley's Sword and Sorceress. And I was like, I have all those books. That means I've read this woman. Who is she? And so then put it all together. And those great skin skin changer stories, yeah. right, were so great. And so, but we missed you then. But then um, I think I might even have hounded Luann at Laurel Bookstore to have you in, which I do. And she had you and we met. And yeah. we've lived happily ever after for a few years now. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I met Karen through dating myself here back in AOL days when there was a W to W, I think, mm-hmm. women to women groups in AOL, and we had um, a group. And I met Karen, and I think I met Nicola Griffith through that, and a few others. And then it wasn't until Karen and I clued in that wait a minute, we live we live kind of close by. <laughs> and I think a couple other authors came. I don't know. We we finally met, and that was that's a good twenty. 20-something years ago, and we've been friends ever since, so. Yeah, you know. and of course, I, Karen was the acquisitions editor at Bella when at I sold time. my first yeah. book, but she and I had actually first met on a Usenet group oh my God. called alt.shoe.lesbians, oh my God. which was this weird little social group that uh, the name came first, and then a bunch of lesbians moved in and decided to set up an online coffee shop there, and we had a fabulous time until Usenet kind of like fell into the gutter and uh, yeah. all the trolls moved in. And, uh... Oh, right, 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 right. You know, it's so funny. Um, we're talking about this stuff, and I know for a lot of people who listen to the podcast, this is like history to them. Well, yeah, so ancient come, history. Yeah, and it's come, you know, I was thinking about the books we were gonna, I would talk about today, and, in, and the ones that I talk, that I'm going to talk about are all historical. I mean, old, in the 40s, and in the, in the um, 
think one is in the 1900s and one is in the 1800s, you know, anyway. But it occurs to me that, crap, I could just talk about the books that I first read when I came out in the 70s <laughs> and to a lot of the kids now. That's history. That's historical yep. fiction to them. I mean, Curious Wine, for all intents and purposes, is historical fiction, you know? Uh-huh. A little, anyway, but so yeah. we're going to talk about real history for all of us that's history. Anyway. So... What are some uh, historical books you want to talk about? Oh boy, uh, you know I I had a hard time, I had a hard time shortening it to shortening making a short list, but the top three are Hilled by Nicola Griffith, um, and you know Nicola Griffith writes all kinds of genres and she's fabulous, and Hilled isn't really lesbian. She's certainly a strong female character, and in the way that so Nicola I'm going to interrupt her. here and oh, yeah, say, yeah. let's give us the, the context for of the book. Hild. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah. So Hild is St. Hilda of Whitby. Um, she founded a monastery in the 7th century, and she was um, an important figure in the conversion of Anglo-Saxons to Christianity. So you guys are falling asleep, but let me just say, <laughs> not a lot is, of, is known about her life other than she was like the second daughter of a minor king in, in a time in England when there were little kingdoms everywhere and there was always warfare going on. She was the second daughter of one of these minor kings and he was killed when she was very young. He was poisoned. And so she spent her life in court but as a very secondary figure, not only because she was the second child, she was a girl. And in that time, you know, girls weren't really educated very much, but she was educated. And, by ver- and she loved to read. And by virtue of her education, not only her education, but her very observant nature, she saw things that a lot of people just ignored or didn't pay attention to. And so she got this reputation for being almost a seeress or a prophetess because she would know things were going to happen. Not because she really could see, but because she saw. Do you know? Mm-hmm. And she's a really, really fascinating character. And the way that Nicola writes her, and again, not much is known about her, so Nicola had to do really detailed research into that era and how people spent their time and predominantly how women spent their time and lived their lives. And so she creates this incredible story, and it's a journey of kind of a coming-of-age story in a way because it starts with Hild as a very young girl, and it follows her until she's like 23 or so. Yeah. And she's not... And there's going to be others that are going to go further where you really find out what she what she is. And it's just a growing up kind of a story. And she was, her primary relationships were with women. So although we can't say that this is a lesbian story, definitely she definitely had love interests that were girls. Yeah, and, and Griffith has set up a context for saying, you know, here's a context in which women having romantic and erotic relationships with each other is an integrated part of the society, but it's it, it, it's not the equivalent of heterosexual relationships. It's just this other thing that goes on. Sure, sure. And I think a lot of it was a woman could have a woman lover because she'd still be a virgin when she got married. So it was okay. It was kind of an accepted thing. Or it seems yeah, to be it, kind, kind of common that there were you'd have your significant friend who maybe would be your bed warmer or something. Mm-hmm. You know. So, but she writes. It's really a dense book, and I don't mean that in a dry way, because she, Nicola has a beautiful way of writing that even though there's a lot of detail, it really 
It's just engaging and interesting. And she uses language so beautifully that a lot of times, and I'm kind of, I'm a fast reader, so a lot of times I might skim parts if I, I feel like it's not furthering the story in any way <laughs> for me. You know, like I'm notorious for skipping sex scenes because it's like, I know how sex works. Thank you, <laughs> I'll move forward. There isn't any really sex scenes in this, but Nicola writes so beautifully that even though a passage might be a little dense, the way she writes and the words that she uses, I would go back and reread a passage and read it out loud just to kind of taste it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's like there are stories where I I have consumed them as audio stories, right. and now I can't imagine reading them on the page because the verbal language is just so much a big part yeah, of it. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. You know, I never really got into audiobooks very much, but then for some reason I did pick up one. Oh, I know why. It was Patience and Sarah. Mm-hmm. Janice Ian is a friend of mine, and I love her music, and she narrated Patience and mm-hmm. Sarah, the audiobook. Oh, I may have to get that. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's J- it's Janice Ian and Jean Smart, mm-hmm. who is from uh, Designing Women, I think. She's been a bunch of stuff. So they each play a person. Mm-hmm. They One plays Patience, one plays Sarah. And they, I mean, not only are they reading it, but they are acting it. Mm-hmm. And I've read that book countless times. And I read it, when I heard them read it to me, it was like a whole new book. So uh-huh. I can't recommend it enough. <laughs> Even a book you know. I mean, their voices are great. So anyway, so uh, Hild. Yeah, so it's just, it's fascinating. Fascinating time period. Incredibly fascinating character. And it's just beautifully written. And there's no, we were talking about this earlier, there's no like really narrative arc in terms of there's not like... It's not like a clear three-act plot structure. Exactly right. (laughs) Exactly right. Uh, But it's, she's fascinating. And it was just, and she writes beautifully. And so... Again, she's not a lesbian per se, but she is a strong, self-actualized, interesting and there, character. And there are female-female relationships yes. in it that are both yes. emotional and yes. erotic. Yes, 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 yes. So this isn't a bathtub read, you know, <laughs> or, you know, sit- not Not without getting very wrinkled skin. <laughs> wrinkled skin, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I could read a, I could read a typical lesbian book, you know, in a couple hours. This took several days, mm-hmm. many days to read, so... So that's that's number one book that comes to mind. The second book that comes to mind is one I just read not long ago, um, and it's actually a novella, so it's not a full-length book. So here we go, the other extreme, and it's called um, *Passing Strange* mm-hmm. by Ellen Clages. This story, it's got a little element of ma- real minor element of magic to it, so that kind of put it in the sci-fi, I think, realm, mm-hmm. sci-fi fantasy realm. But really, to me, it's more historical fiction. It takes place, there's actually two timelines. It takes place, the bulk of the story and the romance part of the story, there is a romance Mm -hmm. in it, is uh, 1940s and it's San Francisco, which, you know, living here in Oakland, I love the history of San Francisco and Oakland. And they had a really rich history. And so it's 1940s and it's about a circle of lesbian friends who live in life in San Francisco. One of them is a painter Another one is a drag performer. Another one is a lawyer. And it's in the 40s. And, you know, they're all closeted, of course. And a couple of the characters, it's a circle of friends. A couple of the women are married to men. And who are, and one is a merchant sailor, so he's not around. So that's kind of convenient. And the other one um, is married. I think her husband is gay. So they kind of have this whole cover thing going on. That's not really a bulk of the story, but that's just kind of... 
it's interesting to see how these lesbians lived in the mm-hmm. 40s and how they had to adhere to the, the rules of, you know, when they'd go to a bar, they had to make sure they were wearing three articles of women's clothing. Otherwise, the cops who routinely harassed the bars anyway would have a reason to arrest these women. Well, and, and another you know, very historic part of it was that the, the bars and nightclubs that were gay gathering places also had to exist as tourist attractions. Right. Right. Yeah, they'd, they'd have the looky-loos that would come. And so the story the story is bookend. The main story with the romance in it is bookended by present day. And it's one of the women, Asian. Well, you meet this elderly Asian woman who has this piece of art that she that she's selling. And you don't know when you read the first part, but the piece of art she's selling is by her friend, who then we go back, then it flashes back to the 40s, and we meet this character who, present day, is just known by one name. And all you know, in pre- all they know in present day is that she was a prolific um, artist for comic book covers and serial science fiction covers, and then mysteriously disappeared. And her signature was one name, so of course the assumption was that this mysterious artist who disappeared was a male. Mm-hmm. And there's legend of this lost piece of art that, you know. <laughs> and so this woman happens to have this lost piece of art and goes to sell it. And that's that. She's trying to sell it. She sells it. Then you go into past. And then you find out the whole genesis of that piece of art and their romance. And there's a mysterious disappearance. And that's the little piece of magic that's in it. Uh-huh. And then it jumps back to present day. So, so... But the bulk of the story, again, is this 1940s novella. It was just fascinating. When it was done, this doesn't happen to me with a lot of books, but when I finished reading this book, I had a hangover. Mm. You know, I was like, I love those people. I love that time. I love that story. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to tarnish it by anything. I want to go back and hang I, out with them. I know, exactly. <laughs> I wanted to be more. I wanted to hear more about uh-huh. that. Because each one was... They were, it was just really, they were really fascinating characters. Well, and one of the fascinating things you say you want to keep, keep hanging out with them, when, yeah. I, when I had Ellen on the show oh, yeah. and talking about all of her various novels, it turns out that there's, there are little Easter eggs where characters cross over yes. between her stories yes. and that there's this larger network by which they're all part of the same Right, and I realized well. that afterwards, you know, I went to, she did a reading in San Francisco, she and Lucy Jane Bledsoe, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Lucy, so I went, and Ellen was reading from her new book, which is a YA book about a little girl in the 50s who wants to play Little League. Yeah, it's, and it's, out, it's out in left field. Yeah, out in left field, yeah. And, you know, I go to these readings, and I'm like, no, no, not buying anything. I don't need any more <laughs> books right now. Don't, 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 don't. And I had already bought Passing Strange. But then she read from this stupid book, you know, the baseball book. And, you know, I'm a kid. I'm a kid of the 60s. Yeah, you're sitting here wearing a ball cap right now. Right, right, my cup's head. And, you know, I was a kid. I was a little jock. In the 60s, we didn't play baseball. We played, maybe we could play softball if we got the equipment. Anyway, so a story about a little girl who wants to play baseball. Mm -hmm. And and there's a character in that who is related to a character in Passing Strange. Very secondary minor character. And that character... I think out of left field, or out in left field, whatever it's called, that character's mother or aunt is in Ellen's other books, Green Grass Sea. The Green Glass Sea. Green Glass Sea. Which is so, about um, the, the Manhattan Project. Right. 
Right. In fact, I think. Anyway. Yeah. There, there's this. Yeah, there's, there's, there's this, this group person. This, this yeah. sort of subtle, as I say, it's the Easter egg level network right. of connections. Right. That I Reading love. Passing Strange, I wouldn't have known uh-huh. that this character is related. Yeah. But she mentioned it when she was reading from the left field book that oh by the way so and so is related to so and so and so then I went you know <laughs> went a googling and a good reading I was like oh okay to read to read to read you know? <laughs> oh my god got yeah, I, I think sometimes authors do that for their own amusement there was I think it was on Facebook or something recently Jai posted a. Mm. A, a diagram of connections between saw that. lots of her novels. Not yeah. all of them. There were a couple little islands uh-huh. in there. Um, but but that she's got these, again, these Easter egg connections yeah. between yeah. the stories. Well, and that's funny, you know, and if you follow an author, you, you appreciate that. And I don't know that it, if it necessarily makes you want to read more of their books, but it certainly... Well, it makes you feel like you've got this inside line. Yeah, that's you know? true. And, and if it... If it's done in a way that jumps out at you, so it's like, oh, oh, the, I see how that was done, then it's not as much fun. But if it's like, wait, I, I recognize that name. Right. Wait, I recognize that story. Right, right. You know, and, and you feel like you're in on a secret. Right. That right. could be fun. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so um, the time period, the characters, it, it, I really, it was really great. I really loved it. I look forward to reading all her other stuff, too. <laughs> I really do. I mean, I've got, yeah. Yeah. So. So um, I could jump to to the connection with Ellen and Lucy Jane. So Lucy Jane Bledsoe, she writes in many different genres, and her books aren't, you know, they're not. I think they're they're published by mainstream presses. So she's not really in the lesbic world per se, although she was the keynote at GCLS this year. But she wrote a book called um, A Thin Bright Line, mm-hmm. and it takes place kind of during, like, 50s, 60s, Cold mm-hmm. War. And it's loosely based on, she had an aunt who passed away when Lucy was, like, nine. And she didn't know much about her aunt other than she's got the same name, Lucy. But she knew she was kind of a scientist and, and a prolific, a, a good writer and editor. And she worked for the government. And she never married. Mm-hmm. So that's what Lucy knew, knew about her. And so she was intrigued, and she did enough research to find out specifically what her aunt did, and that her aunt, yes, definitely was a lesbian. (laughs) And so she constructed this whole story about her aunt's life with the little tidbits that she knew for sure, and then she added more. And so her aunt, the the main character in the book, her name is Lucy Bell Bledsoe. So she works for the government as an editor for these scientists who are researching um, the polar ice caps in in Antarctica, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's during the Cold War. And the concern was that the Russians were going to get there first. Uh-huh. We're going to have like... And so there's all these scientists there. And so she wor- she's the editor. So she takes their sprawling scientific <laughs> findings. You can appreciate this, Heather. And she makes them readable uh-huh. and legible. Yes. And so she's very well regarded. Well, she's also a lesbian, and of course, she works for the government in the and During 50s, the Cold War. During the Cold War. And so she has to be really, really closeted at work. Mm-hmm. And her boss, the guy who hires her, knows this little secret about her, but makes it very clear. I know. That has, you have yeah. to keep it a secret. It's very different. So she works with these women, and little by little finds out that they are also lesbian. Mm-hmm. And so they have this little secretive group that gets together. And she constructs this, so it's, it's New York... And it's Chicago. And when she's in New York, she meets, she 
Lucy has her meeting certain f- people who are f- lesbians who are famous to us now. Uh-huh. Um, but at the time that Lucy, of course, is meeting them, they're just les- lesbians mm-hmm. who do whatever they do. So it's um, it's a great look again at the life lesbian life in in again it's the forties well the I'm sorry no this is the fifties and sixties and it's you know then there's Martin Luther King and civil rights so um, it's she didn't live very long but she lived a really interesting Mm -hmm. life and um, it was really interesting Lucy says that you know she finally when she was asking about trying to reach out to people who had known her aunt, they were all very secretive over the phone mm-hmm. to this girl calling and saying, hey, I'd like to know what you know about Lucy, Lucy Bell Bledsoe. And they weren't really very forthcoming with information. But then when Lucy went to New York and met these people, and they realized that this woman on the phone asking questions about their friend is like their friend, uh-huh. They were much more forthcoming. Uh-huh. So once they realized that Lucy was also a lesbian, they were like, well, let me tell you what we know about uh-huh. And yes, she definitely was in this and that. And she missed, like, by two years meeting the woman who had been her, her aunt's lover. Mm. Just missed it. So that's a little piece of it. But again, Lucy Lucy's the same, much like Nicola, writes in all different genres and just writes beautifully. Just loved it. It was just <laughs> really another really just great taste of... Of history and strong lesbians and mm-hmm. I can't talk about lesbian historical fiction without talking about Justine Saracen uh-huh. um, especially if you're talking about 20th century 20th century <laughs> especially if you're talking about 20th century yeah but you know she wrote a book one the one that I specifically wanted to mention is 16th century mm-hmm. um, and it's called the Sistine Heresy uh-huh. so it takes place in the 16th century in Rome during the time when Michelangelo was painting the Sistine Chapel the main character is connected to the Borgia family, and in the 16th century, you know, the Borgia Pope dies, and so Adriana kind of loses any cachet that she had <laughs> because, you know, the Borgias are no longer in power. Suddenly, the Borgias are, if you were, poison. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so it takes place there in, in Rome, and Adriana meets a painter who is working with Michelangelo, and she's a woman. But she's dressing as a man, mm-hmm. so she can work as a painter. Mm-hmm. And they have a romance. And Michelangelo is having a romance with um, a young castrato. So there's these two little romances going on during a time when the church was more than a little corrupt. And there's one priest in particular. You know, this is also the time of the Spanish Inquisition. And so there's one priest in particular who has it out for the Borgias and has it out for Adriana and Michelangelo too because he suspects their proclivities, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so it's a story. There's two romances, and Michelangelo and Adriana are friends, and of course are the whole foursome, they're friends. But Justine, her historical research is impeccable. And her descript her use of place. I mean, Rome becomes a total character in this book. And you know, we, we Peggy, my wife and I both read the Sistine Heresy in preparation of going to Rome two years ago, mm-hmm. and it was great because you know the the Castel uh, Arcangelo or yeah, what the Castel de Sant'Angelo. Yes, yes. So it was really fascinating to go there and have because it's a 
it's in the book in mm-hmm. Sistine Heresy it's mentioned and mm-hmm. so it's a delicious taste of 16th century Rome mm-hmm. and it really was um, going there after having read the book really helped me cement in me that Justine does a really good really good <laughs> with scenery man really good at setting setting a scene uh-huh. and her research is just impeccable all her books I mean from from 16th century I mean she's got a couple that I think are in ancient Egypt and and then of course World War Two with her I think she just won an award for the Berlin one or something Berlin. And the the Berlin one I think is new this year yeah so. oh so the snipers oh she did one about the the, the pilots uh, yeah uh, the witches the witches of witches of Stalingrad Stalingrad yeah so and you know I mean I love one of the reasons I like to read historical fiction is you know when I was a kid history <laughs> You know, but when you can when you can get a taste of the peop, actual people's lives, you know, you can give me the information as long as there's a good story wrapped around it. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated to learn about, you know, World War Two and 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 any 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 time period. But give me a story with it, and then I'll yeah, something you know. to to root your memories. Exactly in. right, exactly right. And so yeah, so that's one of the things I really like about historical fiction. I like a good story. But I like to get a little bit of an education, but boy, it's got to be engaging. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. you have to be good characters, and yeah. And and one of the things I love about historical fiction about women is that for me, as a woman, mm-hmm. it it does give me that that rooting, that engagement of saying, you know, hit, we were there. I mean, we even just there. women. You know, women were there right. in history. I, right. I have this joke where it's like, based on statistical documentary evidence, women were actually very rare in the Middle Ages. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and right. and telling stories of of historical settings through women's lives and showing that you know just because we don't make it into the you know the the kings and battles type history right. books doesn't mean that we were not vitally important to everything that went on. Right. You know, I I love books that that demonstrate that. Yeah, these books, the ones that I've all mentioned, they they all have an element of. There's not a lot of really exciting action that takes place in, in them. Well, Sistine they're, they're has a stories. little bit, and they're more personal stories. Mm-hmm. But if you want to talk about historical stories that are also kind of action-y based, Alex Westmore is another per, another writer who writes, Linda K. Sova now writing as Alex Westmore. Mm-hmm. And a lot, she wrote, published a lot of her books under her real name, Linda K. Silva, and now she's rebranding them all with this Alex Westmore name. So she writes a bunch of different genres as well. She did a detective series, and a, I think there's a time travel one, and there's a there's a several. Uh-huh. But the one in particular for this context of this is pirates is pirate stories, and it's the um, late 1500s when Queen Elizabeth was. In power, first Queen Elizabeth was in power, and um, the main character in the story—it's a trilogy, not a trilogy. Now I think there's five, and she's working mm. on a sixth. And the main character is a young woman, young Irish woman is key, whose childhood—she's a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Her childhood friend is abducted by pirates, and so Quinn is her, the main character. So Quinn decides that she is going to hop on board a pirate ship and go to rescue her childhood friend. Well, the pirate ship that she gets on, dressing as a man, mm-hmm. is a pirate ship that's captained by Grace O'Malley. 
uh-huh. who is a who is a legitimate historical figure, yes. as is Queen Elizabeth, of course. And Grace O'Malley has a vendetta against Francis Drake, and it's set in. This is a time when Elizabeth was really expanding her reign and trying to get hold of all of Ireland, mm-hmm. and the Irish clansmen weren't having it, so there were a lot of battles. And Quinn is very Irish, and Grace is, very, of course, very Irish. So Quinn joins the pirate ship, passing as a man, and has these adventures. So what's the title here? Oh, so the title of the first one is, uh, oh, The Pirate Booty, or The Pirate's Booty. Mm-hmm. And the series is called The Plundered Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And so you follow Quinn through being on Grace's ship, and even Grace doesn't know that she's a woman, really a woman. And it follows, and Grace goes on to other books, or Quinn goes on in other adventures. And it's jam-packed. They read like, almost like action films. I mean, mm-hmm. Quinn is a great character. Almost too great of a character in that, <laughs> in that you know, she's really good-looking, and women just fall all over themselves, and you're, she's, a, you know, instantly, she's, she just, like, everybody wants her. Even the straight women are like, oh, I could go for that. <laughs> but she's also... Um, strong independent and the action and the fighting and it all feels really realistic in the relationships um between um grace and drake and what was really going on in the time with piracy was really interesting uh-huh. yeah so they're fun they're really actiony and but and you know uh, linda is a history professor so i gotta say she probably has all her facts straight i haven't uh-huh. followed up on it but they're really fun they're really these are books that are page turners. Yeah, I keep thinking that some some year I need to do a special pirate show oh. because it's such a major subgenre. Yeah, it really fiction. is, it's surprisingly. Like and for one reason or another, I just haven't like read many of the books, uh-huh. so I, I can't do the show yet. But sure. someday, someday. Yeah, she's fun. She she writes she writes really well. Um, and excite in an exciting way. It's not. She's definitely. I wouldn't call hers like. I mean, I would consider anything by Nicola, or anything by Lucy Jane to be real literature. You know, mm-hmm. Plundered Chronicles is it's, fun. It's, it's fun. It's in genre light. adventure. <laughs> genre adventure. Yeah, with the historical element yeah. that's really interesting. Uh-huh. So yeah. So that's that's my list. I mean, I could go on and on, but. You have a time limit, I'm sure. So, <laughs> well, thank you so much, Darlene, for uh, coming on the show You're and welcome. sharing stories and uh, telling us all about your favorite historical books. Oh, my pleasure. Are you kidding? I like to talk about books all the time. I'm obsessed. And that's why I had you on. Right. It was great. Thanks, Heather. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Lesbian Historic Motif podcast. See the show notes for links to people and topics. Most shows will have a transcript linked as well. If you have a book announcement, a topic suggestion, or might like to appear on the show, please drop me an email. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and consider supporting our Patreon.